Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, and welcome back to the Rebel Reject Create podcast. And today, my guest is Johnny Muteba, the most creative person in Africa, a disruptive thinker, a futurist, a founder, and very interestingly, chairman at the Pan-African Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Thank you so much, David. It's really good to be here. Cool. I think what some people might immediately be thinking is, wait a second, this is a show about creativity. Why have you got a dude who's got a chamber of commerce on the show? What's the link? Uh, That's a very good question. So I started working with the chamber community back in 2010. Mm -hmm. I started my journey with the French South African Chamber of Commerce here. But I saw a gap in that space because chambers of commerce all of them literally, whether you're talking about the U.S. Chamber or the Dubai Chambers or the International Chamber of Commerce in France, they don't have a space for culture. So I'm a creative. I'm a filmmaker, I'm a director, and I'm a writer. Because I started speaking to all these traditional chambers of commerce about the inclusion of culture, and they were all basically sending me away. I spoke to the British Chamber of Commerce. They're like, oh, go to the British Council. I spoke to the French Chamber. Oh, what was this was in 2010. So wow. I realized that what if the Pan-African Chamber of Commerce that I'm going to set up, because I was also not going to set up a chamber without understanding how chambers function. I spent five years with the French Chamber. I realized that actually this is so easy, but I'm going to add culture on top of what chambers do traditionally. That yeah. is how the Pan-African Chamber of Commerce, by promoting the African agenda of youth, of women, we added culture to it so that we use culture as a tool to enable trade. Because when you know somebody, when you know somebody's culture, it is very easy automatically to do business with that person. Basically, that's the link between culture and commerce. But at the same time, David, I realized that every other person I was engaging with here in South Africa, talking to, especially people coming from universities, you know, a very, very powerful school like AFTA, they are coming there from there just with their degree. They don't have the business acumen. They don't have the entrepreneurship mm-hmm. acumen. So I'm not putting commerce before creativity. I'm not teaching people the business of film, the business of fashion, the business of music. Mm-hmm. Because you are creative already. What you're missing is actually the commerce side. Right. I mean, when you're talking, it's making me think of that Peter Drucker quote that culture eats strategy for breakfast. And you exactly, know, you know, company culture and 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 like culture in the way that you've been talking about it, I think a lot of people think are two totally different things, but they're actually not, are they? I mean, it's, it's how you do what you do, right? Exactly, culture is literally what you do, and how you do it, and why you do it, and when you do it, right? Yeah. So if you look at it, actually, culture is the story of who you are. The African culture is what has happened before. It's a story that is actually told through generations. Now it is also how I'm able to apply that story to my everyday today in 2023 in Johannesburg, South Africa. It is actually the same thing. It is the same thing. All right. All right. So two important questions here. Why? Why do you feel that culture and therefore creativity, intellectual property, 
at this moment in history is such an important thing that you really need to be driving it through a chamber of commerce? Because chambers traditionally, David, have never considered the creative sector as a, as a sector. I know it sounds very funny, but that's the reality. Not just, not just commerce, governments themselves, they will not give culture the importance it actually deserves, even if it can contribute more to the economy than agriculture in South Africa at some point, right? You look at the creative and cultural industries, the contribution to the economy was bigger than agriculture. Wow. Yet, you will not see the investment going into this sector like it goes to uh, agricultural manufacturing. So what we're doing here as an organization is to be able to bridge that gap. It is to strengthen the relationship, the partnership, the collaboration between the private sector, the public sector, and the creative sector. Because creatives, by nature, are people who don't like to be with other people, especially when you are creating. You know, you need to be alone. You know, you're writing music alone somewhere there. But commerce wants you to step out of your comfort zone and go and mingle. That's basically what the Pan-African Chamber of Commerce is actually doing. We're creating a space where creatives can actually come and meet decision makers. They can also come and meet the funders of culture. That is basically the reason why we've established this place where commerce, right. community, and creativity can actually uh, coexist. Therefore, we envision a world where commerce and creativity are integrated to build vibrant and sustainable um, communities or society, whatever, whatever the case yeah. Uh, maybe. Wow. Okay. So that's a huge vision. I mean, you're, you're basically, you want to turn the whole world upside down and start over again. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually working, but you know, it's a very, uh, these are baby steps because oh. people need to be reminded over and over again on why they have to support culture. For example, the mayor of Johannesburg, the former mayor of Johannesburg, Dr. Mpopalatze was talking about, she went to France and then she was introduced to the artists from Johannesburg, she was told, oh, got artists from your city here. And she said she was so embarrassed because she didn't know these artists, but they are coming from her city. Yeah. So what I said to the mayor then was that, you see, culture is the biggest ambassador of your city. So if you are able to link culture now, in this case, art and culture to tourism, image, branding, brand, the brand of Johannesburg, right? Yeah. Linked to artists from this and I said to her, the biggest buildings you have in the city will never get into an aircraft, an airplane, then go to France. They will not. But the artist will go. Therefore, if you know what is good for your city, you need to empower artists because they will have so many nice things to say about your city and become your ambassadors. Yeah. And I mean, I, I haven't lived in Johannesburg for over 10 years, but in the 10 years before that, I was very active in the nightlife and the music scene. And actually, the city seemed to be taking exactly the opposite approach and basically trying to shut it down. So, yeah, that's a big change. It is. And a very sad one, actually. So many venues, music venues were shut down. Yeah. So the night economy is such an important component of, you know, of a rising nation, but how come we are not looking into things like that? So we hope through some of our little interventions, we can be able to convince them otherwise. Cool. I like that a lot. The other thing I'm really interested in is the pan-African aspect of this. D does this mean you've got like 
like branches of the chamber further up into Africa? Who else is involved? Definitely. The idea has always been, you know, I'm originally from the DRC. I grew up here. I came here more than 20 years ago. And you'll hear people asking you a question like, so when somebody travels up north, they are going to Africa, right? Look, just, just look at that. A South African going to Gambia, I'm going to Africa. South Africa is in Africa. In fact, it has Africa to it. It's the only nation in Africa that is Africa to it. Yet, <laughs> yet, yeah, you know, right? Yeah. People say they are going to Africa. So for a very long time, um, the work I did with the city of Johannesburg was about taking South African businesses into Congo, where I'm coming from. Uh, um, so before even setting up the chamber, the idea of connecting Africa together economically, culturally, politically was already part of my job. But it was only when I joined the French chamber and I saw the limitations of this chamber, the European chamber, there were things I wanted to do to connect talent from different countries. I couldn't do that. So I realized that I had to set up a Pan-African chamber that is made up of people from all over. So we do have members in how many countries now? About 13, 14 countries now on the continent. And we do work with executives from Kenya, with executives from the US. We actually just registered the Pan-African Chamber in the US this month, this month of August. So we are becoming now a global organization that is really allowing the movement of people, movement of goods, movement of services, but also the movement of culture, we can integrate by bringing people from different, um, you know, cultures on the continent together. Yeah, Pan African Chamber is an organization that is really working very hard to foster African unity from an economic perspective, but of course a cultural uh, perspective as well. All right, cool. Sounds to me like you spend a lot of every single day solving a whole lot of problems. Which exactly, <laughs> yeah. So, how do you think it is that you're able to do that? What's your mindset? How do you look at this stuff? And 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 do you have any sort of practical insights you could share with with the audience about that process of seeing a big barrier and a big problem, then coming up with a solution? I think for me, the exposure. Um, I've been exposed to so much. So when you are coming from outside, it's also about your perspective. So when you are coming from outside of South Africa, you have this image of South Africa in your mind, right? And when you get into South Africa, you see maybe a different reality, but you are not really going to be shocked. You are just going to be, for, for example, I came in, I did not know how to speak English, so I was speaking French. Mm. So I had to work so hard because I know I'm in an English-speaking country. I cannot just basically sit in my little corner. That literally made me want to go further and extend a hand to the community, to the South African community, so that I can learn as much as possible, not just about English as a language, but where the nation is coming from. So mm -hmm. basically, for me, my, my, my creative strategy comes down to my desire to know more, right? I'm always driven to know more, to know where people are coming from, where they are now, where they are going, and basically how they want to get there. And right. I ask a lot of questions as well. So when I don't see something in place, I don't just sit and complain. I ask, why is this not here? Am I not maybe the person who's supposed to make this happen? So also not seeing yourself as an outsider, uh, because that also becomes like a hindrance. 
Um, I don't ever see myself as an outsider anywhere in the world anyway, but I truly believe that you, you do all of this based on love. So you cannot thrive where there's no love. I love this nation big time. So once you love a place, the place opens itself to you. South Africa has been very, very good to me, honestly speaking. And I think from the place of love, creativity will know no border. I mean, really, you are just creating and, and seeing things coming together. Where the nation is coming from as well, you look at a figure like Nelson Mandela. He's a hero of mine. What did he do? Can I learn from Mandela, right? I'm also every single day learning from many other people who came before us. Yeah, I do what I do based on what I see around me, but also because I have the end in mind. I always begin with the end in mind. I see the journey might be difficult, but the excitement comes from knowing that at the end of the day, I will achieve the objectives I have. Wow. So huge amount of curiosity. You're always asking questions. A lot of yeah. passion, lots a lot of love. And then Definitely. purpose. You have a very clear purpose. And so you, you don't care really if the if plan A doesn't work, because that's that was never the point. The the purpose is <laughs> exactly. You know, I was saying to uh, my team, every single time we are on a call. And the people are talking to say, Johnny, you are so passionate. And I'm like, but why would you do anything without passion? Because for me, <laughs> passion fuels purpose. Imagine, and I always give this example, that passion is like the fuel you need to drive your purpose. Why would you really want to go anywhere without that fuel? It is like wanting to get into a car. You know there's no fuel there. But you're like, no, I'll get to something. It's okay. I'll get there. So wherever passion is missing, purpose is meaningless. Actually, you can't talk about purpose without passion. I always say to my team, I will never be stuck. I never, ever get stuck because I've got so many ideas. When an idea is kind of slow, I will, I will leave it. I will put it aside and go and do something else. I'm not going to start from zero next time when I actually embark on that very same idea. I'm right. starting from a position of, the knowledge I've acquired as well from other things I've done. So I don't really, I have like a 360 degree where when this doesn't go according to plan, I'll put it aside and then start something else. And it, it always works, uh, works out. Right. And then maybe later come back once you've learned some more stuff and then that idea is still parked there. Yeah, I think definitely. That's, and yeah. I look at those lessons as well. Like, did I fail or maybe it's an opportunity to learn more? I look at it that way. Right. So, that, I mean, that's a lot of what you said there fits quite neatly into what Carol Dweck talks about in her book, A, a Growth Mindset, you know, where you're, you're mm -hmm. not looking at things as, I can't do that. You're, you're more saying, how? How can I do that? How did that other person do it? Yeah, I like it. I like it a exactly. lot. Exactly. Yeah. So, Johnny, if someone stops you in the street and says, oh, you're Johnny Mateba, uh, how do you do what you do? What advice would you give to somebody who wants to be more creative and to get into a more purpose-led life where they can exercise their passion? And only allowed to say one thing. What would be the biggest piece of advice you could give? It is actually to know who they are. Hmm. Because if you don't know who you are, you have no business doing anything. It comes down to that. So when you know who you are, you have confidence. You have confidence in who you are. So a person who's confident, self-confident, 
that person can can move mountains. It starts from there, right? Once you know who you are, you also need to know what you want. What do you want, right? When I came to this nation, I knew what I wanted. It's taken me a very long time. Like now with the US, I know what I want. But knowing what you want without knowing who you are is basically delusion. So I always say to people, you need to know who you are. Who am I? Who am I? That is never going to be something that you can just go and start to, you start to do things without knowing who you are. Go back now and understand who you are. If you don't know who you are, ask the people around you to tell you who you are. Once you know who you are now, you will know what to say no to. You know what to say yes to. It comes down from that. And the belief in yourself, right? You know who you are. You will develop this sense, right? I've got this unshakable faith in myself. I, I believe in myself so much to the point where <laughs> I ask myself, did I really have to believe my, in myself like this? I have to, because nobody will actually invest in you if you don't believe in yourself. And, and, and confidence is contagious. Confidence is really contagious. If you want people to invest in whatever you're doing, they need to know that you know who you are. That is basically for me. I don't start with like, you need to do this, you need to write, you need to do this. No. Let's start with you. Everything starts with the person. So who are you? You Excellent. need to start with the, the who, really. Cool. Thank you for that. That's a great insight. So, Johnny, I mean, you've spoken about quite a lot of stuff already. Um, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I want to get involved here. I, I, I get the link, culture, commerce. Yes, absolutely. How can they, where can they go to find out more information to get into touch with you and your organization? So the website of the Pan-African Chamber is panafricanchamber.com. And one of the things I always say is that culture creates capital. Culture can indeed create capital. Yep. We can definitely move this continent forward through culture. It's the only thing that cannot be stolen. The minerals are stolen. They are sold. We don't even know how much the minerals that are making this continent, what it is, are sold for. But with our culture, we have a way of controlling our future. So as a chamber for now, that's our website. I've also established the American Art Academy here in South Africa. It is an institution of high learning that is really going to be bringing South Africa and the U.S. Uh, together. So that website will be up as well very soon. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm basically on cool. those uh, platforms. All right. We'll share some of those links in the show notes uh, under the show here. Johnny, it's been really inspiring and interesting talking to you. Thank you so much. I know it took us a long time to get this interview together, so I'm very glad we were able to do it. What would your, your parting comment be? What message would you want to leave behind with my audience? The message I want to leave with the audience is that you need to rise um, among the rest so that you can be among the best. Leave the rest. You need to be with the best. Right. Because I said to the team earlier on, I said, I don't want to get into a place like the U.S. at the bottom. I want to get there at the top because the bottom is crowded. So leave the rest. Find the best. best. Awesome. (laughs) That's what I I want to say. (laughs) Thank you, Johnny. What a great conversation. And to all of you who've been listening to this, please don't forget to hit the like, follow 
uh, and all of those kinds of things. Subscribe to the channel so you can catch the, the other episodes that are coming up as well. And don't forget to check out the show notes for the contact details for, for Johnny Muteba and the Pan-African Chamber of Commerce. Johnny, thank you so much, man. It's been a great chat. Thank you, David. Thank you. <laughs>